Hello, what is up everyone? It's very early right now, it's Tuesday when I'm recording this, so cutting it a little close, cutting it a little close. Uh, but the past few days have been kind of rough, so give me some leniency. I'll start with Sunday. Let's go back a little bit. Sunday, I had a serious allergy attack. Um, and by allergy, I mean seasonal, seasonal allergies. Uh, but if you're somebody who struggles with seasonal allergies, you know what I'm talking about. The pollen right now is ridiculous. And the worst part is I didn't even go outside for it to trigger. I didn't even leave my apartment. It was so random. I made my breakfast, I ate it, and then boom, hit me like a truck. Hit me like a truck. It was rough. I had planned to record Sunday, but um, unfortunately I was down for the count the entire day. And then I spent Monday trying to play catch up, which is fine. It's fine. Anyway, how was your week last week? It was rough for me. Last week we talked about burnout and how to manage it, and as the semester has picked up since spring break, it has been hard. And I mean really hard. I swear professors get behind before spring break and then during spring break analyze their syllabus and realize they won't be able to get through all of the content they planned. And so they punish us with a shitload of work. It's terrible. I have never experienced the sheer amount of work I have this semester. And it's been busy work, mindless, meaningless work. I think that's my biggest pet peeve with schooling. Hot take. Busy work is pointless. And it shouldn't be given. Actually, not a hot take. An everyone take. I also, um, I broke my phone Saturday. Very fun, fun times. <sighs> I was walking two dogs. These two little Doberman pinchers. And I was told to run with them because apparently they like to run. And I completely forgot I had my phone in my jacket pocket. And my jacket pocket is kind of ripped at the top. Like the seam has disconnected from the physical jacket. And it's like a zip up. And it sticks out a little. About two steps into my little jog. I felt it disappear. And before I could even pass the other leash over and try to grab it, it was too late. Shattered. It's fine. I got it sorted out same day. Thankfully, thankfully I am privileged enough to have it dealt with right in and there. But it was beyond frustrating. The worst part is it hit the pavement maybe an inch or two from the grass. The grass. That could have saved my phone. The amount of times that I have dropped my phone on pavement, on rocks, and it hasn't broken. But this time, this one time. Can you tell I was upset? Can you tell? Anyways. Um, on the same day, I did my nails, and I thought I would describe them. I know that's like, it's not going to be a segment, like, it's not going to be something I do every episode, but I had a really good time doing them. Doing my nails is something that I find to be very relaxing. I can kind of decompress and burn out. That's my way of dealing with burnout. Sometimes I just take, you know, an hour, four and five hours sometimes to just do my nails, because <laughs> why not? I do gel nails and I do my nails on my real nails. I don't do acrylics or like SNS or um, poly gel. I just do gel on top of my natural nails. And I thought I would describe them. If you follow my Instagram, you might've already seen them. I posted a picture on my story, same, same day, I think. No, the next day, 
it was Sunday. My nails are clear, kind of like a clear polish on all of them. My pinky, my middle finger, and my pointer finger have like a black French tip. And then at the base, there's just a singular dot. And then on my ring finger and my thumb, my ring finger and my thumb have a French tip-esque, but it's like melty or like blobby. I'll call it blobby. There's like a blobbed French tip where it kind of just like waves up and down. And I like them. I like them a lot. I didn't think I would. I don't really like, I don't really like my thumbnails. Um, I'll be a little upfront with you guys because, you know, the little crescent moon shape that develops at the bottom of your nail. Sometimes if you like put pressure on it, I've always had one my entire life. And I used to have them on all of my nails. I was a big nail biter when I was younger. And I thought it was maybe because of the pressure of me biting my nails. And like, obviously, like I stopped biting my nails. I stopped biting my nails when I was like 11. So I'm 22 now. It's been over 10 years. And my thumbs still have the little, I wouldn't say little, it's pretty big on my thumbs, these big crescent moon shapes. And I've always been very self-conscious about them. But who cares? Something really small to be like self-conscious about. But I've always been really self-conscious about them. And so normally if I do a clear coat, or air quote, clear coat on my nails, it's got to have a pink tint to it and kind of be a little opaque. Is that the right word? Is opaque the right word? Not see-through. Not completely transparent, but not completely like darkened. It has to be a happy middle. So it can cover the crescent moon at the base of my nails. And it's only on my thumbs. Only on my thumbs. So normally I'll try and just put like a full color on my thumbs. So this is interesting. I've never done French tip on my thumbs. I don't think that I can recall. But I do my own nails and I have, um, my parents have, my mother has a gel nail kit. So when I go visit, I normally redo them, which is about every two weeks. Um, but yeah, I did my nails. I have my coffee beside me. Welcome to Underrated. I don't really know what I'm doing. And by that, I mean this, doing this. I took a shot in the dark with a cheap mic that I quite literally just kind of clothespin to my laptop screen. If you could see it, it's on a napkin on my laptop screen. So it doesn't scratch it. It's a really cheap Amazon mic. Came with like three. And some subpar audio and video software. I use Premiere Cut Pro. I get it through my schooling. I don't pay for it, so I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate. That's neither here nor there. And I wanted to start a podcast and I'm still learning. So be patient with me. Be patient with me. I'm not an expert, but I'm learning. Somebody DM me. Was it a DM or was it an email? I was emailed by somebody who listens to the podcast and they said something about my audio and they wanted to edit my podcast episodes to help with the background noise and the, the audio. But the fun of... The podcast is to do it myself. And I feel like if I give that away to somebody else, it takes away the personal touch that I can give it. Like I'm very particular about how things are edited. The only editing I really do to the podcast is pulling out ums. So the first two episodes, I didn't do anything with the background noise, the white noise. But they said that there was a lot of white noise in some parts. And I noticed, I re-listened to my last episode, and I noticed when they were. When I was recording the last episode, I could hear them. 
when I was speaking. So my fridge does this weird thing when it makes ice where like you can hear like a water kind of sound and the air went on. So yeah, I'll, I'll try to learn. I'm learning. I'm learning how to record efficiently and editing audio will hopefully get better. I'm doing my research into the best way to get rid of the white noise and any background noise without spending four times the length of an episode to edit it. I'll figure it out. Anyways, it's my little confession about all this. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm learning as I go, which can be pretty great, to be honest. Being new at something and learning it for the first time is so... What What's the word I'm looking for? Not heartwarming, but... Humbling. It's so humbling because you know nothing. And when you just jump into the deep end, it's not easy. It's really not. And for somebody who doesn't know how to edit audio, I've had a little bit of experience because with my degree, we have to learn how to edit audio and video and do some transitions. And it's nothing super major, but I know what decibel to leave it at. Um, the first episode I was told was a little quiet, but that's because I was scared it was going to be loud. The second episode I edited with earbuds because the first one I didn't to make sure that it wasn't going to be too quiet. But yeah, I'm learning and it's a fun journey and I'm glad you guys are taking it with me. So that's my, that's my confession. It's my confession about the podcast. Confessions are actually what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. I wanted to keep today's episode lighthearted since the last two have been kind of serious. I'm going to put up a poll with this episode. So once you're done listening, let me know what you prefer. Obviously, you can't tell me now, but when you finish the episode, tell me. Tell me how you feel about it. Do you like more serious topics or lighthearted, funny episodes? If you don't want to do the poll, DM me on Instagram at Sammy Hamilton. That's S-A-M-I-H-A-M-I-L-T-O-N-N. And let me know what you think. But let's switch to song of the day before jumping into the deep end of it. So song of the day, song of the day, the segment where we talk about what song is on my mind. My song of the day today is inspired by my workout playlist. I was listening to a random playlist on Spotify last night. I normally just look one up like workout and it shows like hype beast workout. There's a K-pop one that's really good. But Spotify recommended me this one called Tirade. It was T-I-R-A-D-E. And the first song was Poltergeist by Corpse. And oh my, great fucking song. Literally great. If you're looking for something to help you get through your lift, I recommend that song and that playlist. That playlist is amazing. If I had it like on hand, there were like three or four songs. I listened to the first four songs on that playlist on repeat through the longevity of my workout. Well, not the whole workout, about 10 minutes in. Because at first I was listening, I have a playlist that has... Um, three songs on it and it's my own. I have three songs on it and I listen to those on repeat and they're very like fun springy songs. So they really weren't fitting the vibe and I needed to get through this workout because it was leg day. It was leg day and I was tired. I was still recovering from my little allergy attack on Sunday. But yeah, I really recommend those. I recommend T-I-R-A-D Tirade. Tyrad? I don't know. Um, I recommend that playlist on Spotify. So, for the confessions part of this segment, I found a feed called Our Confession on Reddit. 
I scrolled through and picked a few random ones. I haven't read them yet. Only the titles. I copied and pasted them into a document. I thought we could all kind of react to them firsthand together. Well, me now and you guys later. Anyways, the first one is called, I stole a teacher's phone in fifth grade. I gave it back, don't worry. So in fifth grade, we had this math teacher that everyone didn't like. He got angry easily and was the main reason why everyone's citizenship grade was C's and D's. So me and my friend, who I'm going to call Lucas, me and Lucas were goofing off as usual, but the math teacher wasn't having it. So we got a study hall, detention, and had to stay in for recess. Lucas was mad about it, so he had this bright-ass idea. He told me, hey, let's take the math teacher's phone. I was young and dumb, so I agreed. We planned to do this tomorrow since our period with him already ended. So fast forward to tomorrow. Lucas has this devilish grin on his face. I could hear him mumbling, I'm going to get you back. I didn't even think it was that serious, so I didn't really care. So now we're in third period, which was when I had math. The plan was Lucas would act a fool and get written up. But Lucas already stole the write-ups off the math teacher's desk, so he had to go next door and ask for one. When he left the room, it was my turn. I went up to his desk and stole his phone. I pickpocketed it. I ran back to my desk. The whole class looked at me with an expression on their face, and it's, it's the emoji with the like eyebrows up, mouth wide open, eyes open. Lucas said, if you tell the teacher, you'll have a special little one-on-one -on -one chat. Now raise your hand if you saw something. The whole class's hands were down. In my mind, I was scared and felt guilty. Scared about Lucas and guilty that I had the teacher's phone in my pocket. The moment he came back, I raised my hand to go and get my jacket when in reality I was going to put the phone in my backpack. Luckily, his phone was dead and he didn't have find my iPhone or his location sent to anyone. I got home scared as fuck for tomorrow. When I got into homeroom, my teacher talked to us. Not just us, but the whole class. All of you should be ashamed, and all of you will be getting a phone call home unless you fess up. I'm disgusted by you guys. I felt so bad I took the phone from my backpack and hid it in my binder. When we got into third period, I took the phone and threw it next to his desk the moment I walked in class. He found it and thought he left it under the desk. He told my homeroom teacher and she apologized. Lucas looked at me with hatred in his eyes, and after that, we were never friends again. He went to jail for like six to nine years for assault. What can I say? He has anger issues. <laughs> First of all, low blow. Low blow. Stealing your teacher's phone. I have a similar story. Um, I had an iPod. I didn't have a phone for a really long time as a child. I had an iPod. And one of my seventh grade teachers took it. It didn't, like, it doesn't connect to anything. I couldn't text on it. It started randomly playing music in class and my teacher took it and I just stole it back at the end of class. So I've done something similar, but it wasn't their phone. And I think it's funny that they've been in jail for six to nine years now. Poor Lucas. Poor Lucas. Clearly that was his, that was his villain story. That was his villain story. The next one. I was the kid in seventh grade who used a whole bottle of liquid ass in school. So let me get something straight. When I bought this bottle of liquid ass, usually any kind of spray, you don't expect it to stink up, you don't expect it to stink up a whole room with only three sprays. 
it was the very end of the year in misery, and, I was, and it was around 2018. So when it's May in misery, it gets hot in all caps. And I remember this day was the first day above 95 degrees. And so all of the cooling units were shut off due to maintenance and overheating, meaning there was no cooling. So when you have 30 plus kids in a classroom with some people not showering, any smell was heavily intense. I remember it was fifth period. So right after lunch, when my friend gave me the bottle and told me that it was too weak, but he, he had said it in a sarcastic way. He was covering his mouth, which was confusing. So I went the best option and sprayed the whole bottle during the passing time. Well, when you spray a whole bottle of synthetic ass, it spreads slowly but strongly. And pretty soon I could hear people in the other classrooms gagging and laughing. And then the laughs turned into gags too. But I seem to be the only person... <laughs> who heard them until sixth hour. I should also mention that I had paid 20 bucks for this bottle and I hated my school. I was the kid to piss all over the restroom, not because I didn't know how to with no hands, but because I hated the school, so I was trying not to. <laughs> Ew. What? So I was trying not to laugh because I had got gotten up to sharpen a pencil I stole from a kid because he was a bitch. By the way, the pencil sharpener was up by the door. And when I walked up, I took a big deep breath by the door and it was enough to make you stop walking and get lightheaded. Anyways, I'm taking up too much time. But basically, when it got to our homeroom study time, people were begging to leave the building because it smelled like death. People started to think someone had died. School was canceled for two days and it turns out they had to pull the carpet out because the smell got stuck into it. Oh my gosh. That's a confession. That is a confession. Why would you do that? That's so that's so bad. When I was in school, nobody ever did anything that severe, but we had people pull the fire alarms a lot. I don't know if that means the people at my school were pansies or just decent kids. I mean, the fire alarm was pretty annoying, but it got you like five to ten minutes out of class. But we never had we never had anybody do that. That's so bad. So the next one's called, I stole so much ketchup from my school that they had to switch from packets to a dispenser. This one's short. This one's shorter. I don't regret this, but I find it funny. One day my friend gave me five bucks to go up and take all the ketchup and another five to do it again right in front of the lunch ladies when they refilled it. This became a habit of mine, emptying the ketchup into my jacket and leaving everyone else with none. We were debating what to do with the packets, but... In the end, decided to keep them. I think we had 2,000 plus. One day, though, I just took the entire basket the ketchup was in as well, and I put it on the table next to ours to frame those kids. The janitor found it and took it back to the lunch ladies, who looked pissed. We had no ketchup for a couple of days. Then we got a dispenser. I stopped stealing condiments after this. And no, I don't like ketchup. I don't believe I made the lunch lady's jobs harder, but looking back on it, I do feel a little bad for the kids that wanted ketchup. I would feel bad for the lunch ladies. They're the ones who have to restock all of that. And I'm pretty sure that, I don't, I don't know if the lunch ladies have to, but they have to document the, um, I'm pretty sure they have to document the amount of food that's in the kitchen to give to the person who orders it. You were a little shithead, weren't you? That's so mean. That's so bad. I mean, I love ketchup. I love ketchup. I could 
hot take. I could drink it. I could drink ketchup. I put ketchup on so much stuff. Ketchup on eggs. Ketchup on eggs. No doubt. So good. But stealing ketchup at... I'm the type of person where if like I go to a restaurant, here's me confessing something. When I go to a restaurant, I like to take Splenda. Like if I order something and I'm like, oh, can I get some Splenda? If they bring me extra, I keep the extra. I don't know if that's taking it. But when I was younger, I would leave stuff like that behind. But now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, I don't have to buy a Splenda if I just take it. <laughs> the next one is I let my, I let a friend take the blame for the burn damage I caused. This one's also relatively short. In my 20s, I had a roommate that I liked who had friends that I didn't like. And they were at the house all the fucking time. One night, a long time ago, when people smoked cigarettes by the carton and every house had ashtrays everywhere, three of us were very, very high and probably drunk, playing video games. Beer everywhere, ashtrays overflowing. I fell asleep on the couch. I woke up very early and saw my roommate's dirtbag friend pass out on the floor. I also saw that my roommate's coffee table, a really beautiful piece that he had made himself in a class, had four-inch burn line on the top from a freshly lit cigarette that had rolled out of the ashtray. The butt proved that it was my brand. I apparently lit it and passed out. Completely believable behavior from any of the three of us. I didn't hesitate for a second. I picked up my cigarette butt, finished one of the dirt bags out of the ashtray, and burned it down to the filter, even melting to the lacquer. I woke up a few hours later to a lot of yelling and a lot of apologizing. I usually have an active conscience, but I never really managed to feel bad about this. I love that. That sounds like something I would do. It sounds like something I would do if I don't like somebody. And I'm the kind of person where it's like, you do one thing to me, one thing, and I'm not going to like you. There are so many people from high school that just do one thing, one bad thing, one annoying thing, one mean thing, one off thing. And that one off thing sticks in my brain. And I wouldn't call it fixating, but I do to an extent fixate on it. And I don't like these people. There are people that I know today, my best friend that hangs out with people from high school that did things that I was like, I don't like you now that I still don't like. And I still don't like them. And they might have changed. They might not be that person anymore. But because of that one instance, but because of that one instance, I don't even want to give that person the time of day to prove that they're not annoying. <laughs> so yeah, sounds like something I would do. Sounds like something I would do. So the next one, I graduated at the top of my class by stealing smart students' homework. I was definitely smart in school. I was the type of student where I could take an exam and score an A without any type of studying. But when it came to homework, I would do anything to avoid it. And I figured out a creative way to get myself through all of my classes without any critical thinking. The way my high school worked was everyone in the school had a Google account that all your assignments were supposed to be turned in through. The username had the same criteria for everyone, the first two letters of your first name, the last four of your last name, and your graduating year. The password was your student ID number, followed by the school district. Once I realized that, I could easily figure out my classmates' ID numbers without suspicion. Life was a breeze. I'd make friends with smart kids, pull out my student ID card and make fun of my photo on it. Then I'd ask to see what theirs looked like and sneakily take a picture to remember their number. Other kids would have their card hooked to their backpack or they'd have it out 
to buy lunch in the cafeteria, and I'd take photos of it that way. I had about 10 of the most hardworking peers' accounts saved on my computer, and all of their final work was my rough draft. I'd jazz it up and add my own personal flair and change it a decent amount to the point where it was nearly impossible for a teacher to notice similarities between our assignments and often turn it in to get a better grade than they did. I ended up ranking top 15 of my class, was in National Honor Society, and won awards in a few of my classes. I've never told anyone this before, and I'm definitely not proud of it, but I'm not sure that I would have graduated otherwise. What kind of school did you go to that was that hard? Were you just lazy? You didn't want to do the homework? I mean, like, I didn't like doing homework either, but, like, I was the type that would just wait till the very last second. I would do it, like, in one of my classes, the class before, if I had time. But to not graduate if you don't steal other people's homework? I can say in fifth grade, um, in fifth grade, we had tickets. There was a ticket system, and you could buy things out of the ticket box. And to this day, I remember... I'm not going to say I was the smartest kid, but I, I did my homework. I didn't want to get yelled at. I was very like on top of my stuff because my parents, but there were kids in my class who weren't. So I started my own little ticket scheme where people would pay me tickets to do their work. And this was the type of work that you could just copy because it was numbers. A lot of the times it was math. And funny thing is I suck at math now, but simple math I'm not terrible at, obviously. Um, most people shouldn't be. But in the morning, we had cubbies. In the morning, I would take the other person's paper while I was packing my stuff into my cubby. The teachers are in the classroom. I would copy all the numbers over for them. They would pay me like five tickets. Whatever I asked, I was like, give me this ticket. Give me these amount of tickets and I'll do it. So I profited, but I mean, at what fault? Those kids never learned anything. Never learned anything. And, and fifth grade's a pivotal point. I feel like fifth grade is a pivotal point because for, for my school, that's when we started switching classes. It was like there were alcoves. So there was two classes on one end of the hall, two classes on the other. One class you would do more English in, I think. And then the class next door would be science. So you would switch class for those topics. There's two more. Two more left. This one's called... I pulled a fire alarm at a random high school to get out of having to rap about being a leader. This one, when I found it, I was like, I'm just, I'm not even going to question it. I'm excited to see what this, what this is about. I'm, ex I'm excited to say the least. Two kids from each eighth grade class were picked. Other middle schools were included as well. A lot, I think. There were a lot of eighth graders there. Anyways, the trip ended up being at a high school that was 40 minutes away. When we got there, there was 12th graders who greeted us. Each 12th grader had a list of five or six students that would be in their group. Once we were all separated and brought into empty classrooms, we were told that we had to come up with a two-minute song about being a leader and how to inspire our fellow youths. The 12th grader in charge of our group decided we were going to rap and be the best of all the performing groups. We came up with lyrics and rhymes, and I was mortified during this entire thing. Every time someone came up with some lame rhyme, I was so anxious and terrified that I had to be part of this group to perform this to the entire 12th grade. We finished. Each of us got our three or four lines. Our rap was going to start with us by putting all of our hands in a circle and screaming, go, go, go. Then we were going to spin around to face all the seniors and dance and jump around with microphones and rap about studying and being inspirational and shit. After we finished writing this rap, 
we were all called down to the gym. Our leader got our sticker and we were the 10th of 12 groups to perform. Each group went and I was clutching myself and humming to myself as the second hand embarrassment washed over me as every group got up and I had to watch 50 other middle schoolers horribly sing songs while all the seniors laughed and recorded us. Our group was near the rear entrance of the gym and there was a fire alarm maybe five feet outside the door. I looked at it and when we first walked down the hallway to the gym, I thought for a second about how I wanted to pull this thing to get the fuck out of there. I was thinking about how I just wanted to die and how stupid and embarrassing this whole thing would be. I had no business even being picked to go on this thing. I was a CD level student who failed like 70% of the tests I took that year. The ones I did pass, I barely did. B's were scarce and A's were once in a blue moon and a total shock when they happened. I was the loner kid who was bullied a lot and always at the office and I absolutely 100% believe I was picked to go on this trip out of pity by my core teacher. I was so confused when I got picked to go on this trip. So was a kid in my class who screamed to the teacher about how I didn't deserve to go on this trip and that my name was always written on the board because I failed tests so often. I was standing at the back of my group while the ninth group performed. I slowly walked backwards, put my hand on the alarm, closed my eyes and pulled it and immediately jumped forward and pretended to be as shocked as everyone else. We then had to exit out of the gym through the main doors. By the time everything was cleared, our trip was over and we had to leave. My grade 12 group leaders were pissed and so was everyone else in my group. I was never asked if I pulled it or accused. I was so happy to get out of there. This was in spring of 2011. I wonder how old this person is now. If they were in eighth grade in 2011? In 2011, I was... I graduated in 2018. I think in 2011, I would have been in sixth. I think I would have been in sixth grade. That's why. What is up with going on group trips? What is up with going on group trips where you are forced to do the most cringy stuff? Why is that a thing? I think that's what's made me hate school or um, being in like clubs because of just the sheer amount of cringe worthy things that they make you do. Why is that a thing? Forced group interaction? Why would you need to go up on stage and sing? Especially in front of people that are like way older than you. It would make sense if you were to do this for like kids in second grade, like eighth graders going and rapping to kids in second grade and you guys were the ones leading like the little groups. That would make sense. But it just doesn't make sense to do that to people in 12th grade. It just doesn't make sense. All right, so the next one. I electrocuted a dude and blamed it on someone else. This happened when I was at camp a couple years back. Basically, me and my mates were doing stupid shit in our cabin and somehow managed to break the only light slash light bulb in the cabin. The oldest guy then told us that we needed to keep the light switch down because it was dangerous to leave the light on when it was broken. One kid in the cabin proceeded to play with the light switch when the oldest kid left. He made sure to keep it down, though, when he stopped. A couple of hours later, I find myself alone in the cabin, and of course I find myself playing with a light switch to see if the light could turn on while broken. The oldest kid bought a new light bulb before he attached it. He asked if we messed with the light switch. We said no. He then forgot to check the switch and went to replace the bulb. Somehow this dude gets severely electrocuted and then spends four days in the hospital. All the kids, including me, were pretty much interrogated. In the end, we all blamed the kid who messed with it when the oldest kid left, even me. 
The sad part is that the entire time, the falsely accused kid kept saying it wasn't him and it was someone else. No one believed him except for me. Damn. Wow. My dad, um, my dad works with electrical work, so, um, if that were me, I would have, I would have listened. I would have listened. That one was kind of short. Um, maybe I should find another one. Let's, I'm going to find another one really quick. I'm going to find one more. All right. I found one more. This will be the last one. I hope that these weren't boring for you. They're interesting for me to read, but you guys might not enjoy them. So I'm sorry if you don't. I have a few episodes coming up where I'll have some guest appearances um, and they won't be serious. They'll be lighthearted, but I think they'll be a lot more fun because they're interactive. Uh, but this is the last one. It's titled, I drunkenly crashed my car into a snowbank when I was 18 and got extremely lucky getting away with it. I used to be a pretty big dickhead at that age, and I had too much money, which led to me being very cocky. Basically, got a pretty heavy buzz and was driving my BMW way too fast. Hit a turn and went straight over the curb, into a giant snowbank. The weather was around negative 25 degrees Celsius. Celsius? What is that in Fahrenheit? I don't even know. Hold on. I'm grabbing my phone to look this up because I don't know Celsius. Or conversion. Negative 13? Negative 13 degrees. Oh my gosh. And all I remember was hitting a bend, turning the wheel left, and just going straight. It was around 12 a.m. and the car was fully stuck. I have a good friend who was a tow truck driver and called him, and for the first time ever, he didn't answer. So at this point, I was fully prepared to have the cops show up and be arrested, as there were security cameras pointing in the direction, and I knew I smelled like booze and couldn't do any roadside tests. Right after this, a dude in a BMW 335i pulls over, asks me if my car has X drive and helps me push it. As we're solely getting it unstuck by pushing it, then putting it in drive and reverse, some random dude walking past ended up coming and pushing me, pushing with me, while the first guy was flooring it in reverse. Got the car out and thankfully there was very minimal exterior damage as I had an SUV. And while it jumped the curb, it only pushed through snow and grass, didn't hit any trees. If it was a sedan or any lower car, it would have been worse. I thanked both of them so much and gave them what I had in cash at the time was around $450. You gave them $450. I'm pretty sure they knew I was drunk as shit. As I was slurring, they both were grateful. On the bright side, I haven't drove drunk since and never planned to do so. If I do drink and am driving, I do this maybe one day a year. I call Ubers 99% of the time. I'll have a max two beers and wait around three and a half to four hours to fully metabolize any alcohol. I know I got lucky as fuck, so I quit being an idiot then and there. Good. Good. Drinking and driving is not exactly something that you should be doing. Ever. Literally ever. That's like the first thing you learn when you do dare. Why would you do that? I know so many people who have ended up in the hospital because of drinking and driving. It's just not, it's not worth it. It's really not at all. If you're going to drink, call an Uber. Because I promise you, the amount of money that you'll spend on an Uber is way less than the amount of money that you'll spend getting in a car accident. The guilt of hitting someone and putting somebody else in the hospital, killing someone, killing yourself, getting in a car accident. Do not drink and drive. Do not drink and drive. I don't know who's listening. I don't know what age you are. If you are legally allowed to drink, do not drink and drive. 
Don't. It's not worth it. Uber, walk, do something. Sleep. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. Call someone. Call someone. Don't drive in the first place. If you know you're going to drink, don't drive. Uber. Because then you don't even have your keys. You don't even have your keys to drive. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Well, that's the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I don't know if you guys will even like the whole confession segment. Um, It was just something really simple to do. I was scrolling through Reddit. I stumbled upon it and I thought it would be cool to kind of go through some people's confessions. And it's kind of interesting to see what people will actually confess online to people they don't know. When I was reading through a lot of them, a lot of them were, I stole this, I stole that. So I tried to keep it different for each one, even though some of them were still stilling, like don't steal, period. Um, But I tried to find ones that weren't completely the same. Nonetheless, a lot of them sounded fairly similar. But that last one I do think teaches a good life lesson. Just don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. Uh, Hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully you guys like it. Again, remember there's a poll that's going up with this episode. Feel free to do it. Feel free to don't. Um, You can also DM me at Sammy Hamilton with two N's. Sammy, S-A-M-I, Hamilton. Look it up and then an extra N on the end. And that is my Instagram. DM me if you don't want to do the poll. Drink some water. Take a break. Go on a walk. Enjoy life. See ya. Underrated.